0: This episode is brought to you by SalesCred, the definitive book on sales credibility by our co-host Seeley Smith. Sales credibility is the quality all salespeople must have in abundance before they can ever hope to earn trust and become a trusted advisor. And SalesCred reveals how salespeople build and lose credibility with the things you say and do every day. Pick up a copy now at amazon.com or other fine online business booksellers. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop and retain talent, improve results and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: Our guest today, Lee, says that her company's top three values are cultivating Wholeness, Compassion, and Freedom in Company Cultures, which she says that that's a little bit scary for some leaders. We're going to drill down on this because I can see maybe where that would be hard.
2: Well, and th- yeah, and, and for some people, then, that might sound a little squishy, but you know, really what we're going to talk about, I, I hope, is the how elef- to deal with the elephant in the room.
1: That's right, and I love the name of our company too. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel.
2: And I'm C. Lee Smith, the president and CEO of School.
1: And Jessica Katz, we are privileged to have her today. She's a trainer, mentor, and coach through her company. Here we go. Here's the name. Love it. Liberated Elephant. She is an expert at culture design within organizations that allow individuals to bring authenticity to work, bolstering up the engagement. That's always a good thing. And revenue. That's even a better thing. Mm -hmm. Jessica's methodology is informed by agile values, principles, and practices, creating a safe space for her clients to be wholly themselves without judgment. Now, the company name Liberated Elephant has the tagline, Jessica, I love this, of make the elephant in the room work for you. (laughs) So welcome to the show. And my first question is, what are the most common elephants you're seeing right (laughs) now? (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, um, thank you for that warm and and um, delightful welcome. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on the show. Sure. Um, the elephants I'm seeing right now, I say one of the big ones I'm seeing is, you know, coronavirus has happened and folks are... Um, uh, addressing their changes in revenue and, and the variety of um, challenges that this brings about. And uh, lots of layoffs have happened. And the biggest elephant happening right now is the expectation that the same amount of productivity will occur with all those Aww. layoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really big challenge. Um, you know, uh, in the Agile community, we try and limit work in progress. We want to narrow our focus to the top items and not, do, um, not try to spread ourselves too thin to avoid over over too much context shifting. And um, in large organizations, leadership has laid off a bunch of people and then said, work more. And uh, that's not really healthy for employees. Um, And you actually reduce productivity over time if you push people too hard for too long. Um, So that would be the biggest elephant I've seen some other elephants I'm seeing is uh, a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear right now. Fear people won't have a job. Fear people won't have an income. Fear they're, um, you know, they're moving into a scarcity mindset or a fixed mindset as a result of um, of all the reduction that's happening around them. Um, you particularly see it, you know, I'm in Nashville. I'm outside of Nashville. And we have a lot of people in the entertainment industry here. Mm-hmm. The entertainment industry is really struggling with what do I do now? Um, and you know, their skill sets are transferable to other jobs that are open now. Um, and it's still scary. Well, you know, I wanted to be a musician or I wanted to be um, a set designer. Or I wanted to be whatever it is. Um, and now they have to face, well, what else could I be? And that could be really terrifying. Um, so those are some of the big ones. Uh, you asked me for three, right? Uh- <laughs> oh no, I mean, as many as you want. I
1: mean, yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, Um, Jessica, let me just jump in here for for a second. Like you mentioned the Agile community and for those people that, you know, heard the term but may not be fully familiar with it, what is it, you know, what is an Agile coach and what, and and what, you know, what is your definition of Agile?
3: Sure. So, um, Agile is a mindset that is based in four values and 12 principles. I'm not going to list all 12 principles, but I'll give you the four values. It's only a
2: 20-minute show. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, So the four values are individuals and interactions over processes and tools, working software or solutions, if you're providing a service instead of a software, um, working software over comprehensive documentation, responding to change over following a plan, and customer collaboration over contract negotiation. And really what that is to say is that um, if you're trying to make a decision, you pick the things that I said first over the things that I said second. So, um, So that's the idea of the mindset. And it's realized through a tremendous number of practices out there, scrum, um, would be one that people have heard a lot about if you're in the enterprise, if large enterprise organizations tend to hear about SAFE, which stands for Scaled Agile Framework, um, Kanban or Kanban, depending on which accent you use, XP, Lean. Um, all of those are ways in which we live the values and mindsets. So... So that's the gist of agile and um, it's been in, you know, really bloomed out of the technology industry and is, um, has been spreading into other business areas now. So um, human resources, finance, um, sales and marketing, sales and marketing is really glomming onto it because their workflow works really well in a lean or Kanban model. Um, so those have really been where it's starting to spread into the rest of the organization because what we found, what I find as an Agile coach, is that um, if you put Agile in the information technology organization, the rest of the organization isn't structured in such a way that it can support the way they're going to work. Um, so uh, Agile's, Agile's a result is spreading. As an Agile coach, um, I come in with Agile expertise and then also coaching skill sets. So um, the Agile expertise is, hey, here's some stuff you could know about. I could educate you on Agile or the different practices. And then the coaching perspective is, how can I help you realize the journey you want to be on rather than me directing where organizations want to go? I instead work with them to set for them to set their own vision and then work in an Agile way towards that vision.
2: How do you deal with some, where you have one department, let's say IT or whatever that's, that's functioning under the agile, uh, philosophy, if you will, but the rest of the company is is not, how do you get them in alignment or what issues do you face in trying to get them in alignment?
3: So, um, that's a really good question. The, uh, um, the biggest issue we face in alignment is if it comes from a grassroots perspective and leadership isn't bought in, Mm. um, getting alignment will be very difficult. Um, And you can see this in organizations that have been agile and they have a changing of the guard at the leadership level and the leadership level isn't bought into agile, they'll start to backslide into um, more traditional project management habits. Um, So that's one challenge that can occur. Uh, Another challenge is if leadership is bought in and the grassroots isn't bought in, um, then they basically do faux agile. They they sort of fake it and continue doing (laughs) what, continue doing what they used to be doing, right? In the biggest issue that I see, um, when organizations have both, when they have leadership buy-in and grassroots buy-in, the challenge comes in the middle management space. Um, Middle managers really get stuck with three roles in an organization. They are either advocates for um, their employees, right? They're protecting the team culture and helping the teams be successful, or they're um, enforcing the leadership or company culture Uh, to make sure that that's replicated throughout the organization and they're an employee themselves. So they're constantly in this state of conflict of interest Mm -hmm. in their three roles. Um, And, you know, the, we call them in the agile community, we call them the frozen middle. So they have to make a decision. Do I take action to protect my teams and not look like a company player to my leaders, which will risk promotion and raises, or do I protect the leadership culture and the company culture and look like a bad leader and get bad engagement scores from my employees. Um, And, you know, there's a way to balance all three, but it takes being incredibly vulnerable and courageous inside an organization.
1: Having been a middle manager, just listening to that, I'm having like PTSD because it's such a colossally underappreciated position to be in. And it's so hard. Um, that I like just listening to you. I'm like, Oh my god! It's not even easy. At the,
2: it's not even easy at the <laughs> top, Audrey. Too. It's like it, it's because it's like when in, in, in about balancing. It's hard enough to balance two things. You know, people struggle with work life balance or whatever. Now you're you're trying to balance three things, and mm-hmm. it's like it's, it's like spinning plates. Yes.
3: Yeah, no one yeah, and- situation. And saying that it's challenging for the middle manager isn't saying that it's not challenging for all the other roles. It's just that's the, when you're doing an agile implementation, that's the place that gets stuck. They're really not sure how to be in the new environment and still um, protect both their interests and the company interests. They have to manage their
2: their direct reports and they have to manage up.
3: Yes, and they have to manage manage themselves.
2: Yeah, so there's your three right there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, these concepts. I started the top of the show with the wholeness, compassion, and freedom culture that you talk about. That mm-hmm. to me feels scary because I feel like some people, depending on their work styles, are people that if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile, or they'll just bad behavior on the playground. And that people that need more structure, it seems counterintuitive. What happens when you implement wholeness, compassion, and freedom? Does it work
3: well? Um, it it can. Um, so it doesn't always, right? Um, it can. So uh, the first thing is there has to be um, a buy-in to the idea at all levels. Um, if you, otherwise, you can only have it within a certain structure. So let's say a team has implemented these ideas of wholeness, compassion, and freedom, right? So that team then has to work within the guardrails of the rest of the organization, and they can only take hold of those things. They're only really safe to take hold of those three things inside their bounded autonomy. Um, so, uh, if we talk about larger organizations, the idea around, um, compassion and wholeness and freedom was, let's start with wholeness. This is the, um, uh, will the ability to show up as my whole self when we show up as our whole self, other people are also showing up as their whole self. And that means sometimes there's conflict. So there's a lot of learning how to have conflict. I find that if you create an agreement about how to behave when we're in conflict, before you have conflict, um, that goes much smoother. And I wanna define conflict for a minute. Conflict isn't an argument or a disagreement necessarily. It's any time an emotional response of tension or friction shows up for any individual or group in the organization, um, which is frequently. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Um, and that's also allowed, right? You have, I have a moment of tension. I'm having some emotional reaction to this. And that's also part of wholeness. I'm allowed to bring my emotions here. They're part of me, we're not gonna deny that they exist. Um, And by voicing them, the thing that happens after that, once you voice them is you get to decide how are we gonna solve for um, that need that's being unmet. And that's the compassion part. So I've heard now you have this emotional reaction, I understand how this thing is impacting you, what can we do to help you feel safe and supported and, um, and recognized in this space, right? Um, and then freedom is the freedom of choice, right? If, we're, if we have deep alignment and understanding of our purpose and goals, um, we're talking about freedom to choose within that. Um, you know, obviously if you say, okay, you're free to make whatever decision you want about the way you work and how you work and where you work and what you work on, um, there's some risk there. However, if somebody is working for your organization and they're bought into your purpose and they know your purpose and they know what you're trying to achieve and why you're trying to achieve it, they're more likely to choose to support your goals. Uh, um, You know, humans really like purpose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We get, uh, you know, complacent and um, bored really, if we Mm -hmm. don't have it.
2: Do you find that these days with the, with the, uh, you know, the political discourse and social media and the way people talk there, you know, and when people are in, in conflict, you find that people struggle with respectful pushback.
3: Yes. Um, and I think that's a product. You know, let me give an example. I have two children, and they're 15 years apart, so they're entirely different generations. And the oldest one um, is struggling with how to communicate his his needs and wants into the world. My youngest, who's nine, we've been teaching him these skill sets, and I think these younger generations are getting the skill sets that the rest of us older folks don't have um, or have had to learn sort of after the fact of Mm -hmm. our childhood. Um, So I think some of these, you know, techniques for communicating, for really hearing people, um, for addressing it with compassion, for checking our own biases, um, they're coming. Generationally, they're coming. Um, But in the meantime, the rest of us have to figure out how to do it. And um, learning communication, really good communication, um, and that means, not just how I say things, but also receiving things, how I hear things. Um, I think that's our next big hurdle, you know, the, how do we communicate? And now that we're all distributed, getting, we have to get even better and more intentional about it. Mm
1: -hmm. So we're in coronavirus that we have really steered the podcast to kind of give our listeners information in real time. One of the questions that you wanted to talk about was, transforming from the reality of today to tomorrow's vision, but I Mm -hmm. almost feel like that question is somewhat moot because we don't know when this is all ending and we're emerging back out of this cocoon bubble thing we're all in. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
3: Well, I mean, I think we're in our new normal right now. You know, the first three months we were like, okay, well, this is a thing we just have to deal with right now, but we're now at six months in. Um, This is, this is here to stay for a while and, and likely to stay, into when we have a vaccine, right? Because it'll take a while to get herd immunity and all of that jazz. So we're probably looking at another year of this. This is our normal right now. And um, enabling people to take care of themselves and their families and their work from wherever they are, I think uh, we just have to get used to it. And, um, And really address that. You know, leaders then have to, Um, Spend more time connecting with their employees and making sure they're connected to the vision. Um, Their job very clearly becomes not let me tell you what to do, but let me tell you what we're working on and why as an organization. And their job becomes um, elevating their individual employees' perspective to see the bigger picture. And uh, meanwhile, front end workers, individual contributors are busy trying to do all the right things towards that vision. But if they don't have the vision, we're we sunk, right? So um, I think that is uh, incredibly important right now. The other thing is getting really good at video and making it as close to in-person as you can.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've done other shows about that. Lee calls it trying to make your Zoom meetings 3D instead of yeah. 2D.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for augmented reality. I'm waiting for somebody to take <laughs> uh, take this opportunity and do augmented reality and have us all like, in the same standing, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm certain I don't have the skill set or the desire to chase that idea. So somebody out there does. (laughs) um,
1: (laughs) That would be cool if we had the the goggles on and the motion gloves and everything. Yeah. That's right. And then we could actually
3: see everybody Hey, give
2: a virtual you. high five and yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah exactly
1: well if you want to engage with jessica she's i love the first of all the, the way you got your social media set up first of all everyone it is liberatedelephant.com is the website it's an excellent website go there and visit she's got a bunch of services listed out elephant taming is the twitter name <laughs> i love it and then for your linkedin it's Jess cats j-s cats
3: it's gonna be very catchy
2: it's cats k-a-t-z
3: That's right. One S and a different, it's not C-A-T-S. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Well, we appreciate these are all good
1: thoughts and everybody, you know, again, we're, we're so appreciative that we're all able to connect and meet new friends like you in the middle of this pandemic. So we appreciate you being on the show. Yeah.
3: Thank you again for having me. This has been great.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com.
2: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.